0: This is the documentary on one from RTE in Ireland. This week's documentary is made by Nathan Walsh. He's a recently graduated media student. For his final year project, he decided to make a radio documentary about an adventure that his sister and her friend embarked upon when they were in their early teens. Nathan never really knew what was going on with them, so he used his college documentary as a way to find out more. That college documentary then became this week's documentary on one. And by the way, you can look at photos from the documentary on our webpage, rte.ie forward slash doc on one. And here's the documentary, narrated by Nathan Walsh. This is The Deadly Saries. OK,
1: so I guess just, just begin then with how you both met.
2: Um, we met, we were around 12 years old in first year.
1: This is my twin sister, Rada, yeah. and her friend, Helen.
2: And we were on the hockey team together.
1: And were you good at hockey?
2: No, we were pretty brutal as a team, but... Uh, it was like St Trinian's. So I was good funny. with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you were good at hitting people. Yeah.
1: Radha and Helen are now both in their 40s. But I'm going to take you back to when they were 15. To a moment when their lives changed. And they took on a lifestyle that gave them contentment and ecstasy, but also frustration and sadness. And for some of their family members, that lifestyle caused confusion and dismay: One day, the blueberries. It was the summer of 1993. The girls, who were from Lucan in West County Dublin, had come into the city center to hang out.: And the weather, I remember being quite good. They got some food and wandered around for a bit go get the burger and chips and a drink
2: on Abbey Street for a pound
3: Then Grafton Street would always be buskers Oh yeah So we used to stand and watch them
2: Yeah
1: And then as they were walking down Grafton Street a sound drifted towards them
2: We heard drums and the cymbals approaching and we were like, what's that? There's these guys in saffron dresses jumping up and down, and they just looked crazy. They had shaved heads and little ponytails, and they were singing. and They just seemed so happy and just really, they just looked stoned, didn't they? Just yeah. really out of it, but really, really happy. And we're like, oh my God, what's a story with them? We want some of that. And some of them were quite cute, too. We yeah, oh, yeah. really cute. <laughs> yeah.
1: The girls asked around and discovered that these were Hare Krishnas and that they had a temple on nearby Dame Street.
2: The minute you went in, even to this day, you can remember the smell of it. And then, yeah, kind of even the music playing in the background and the books, everything was so different, wasn't it? And the pictures up on the wall. And then cushions and everyone sits on the floor and sings.
1: The Hare Krishna movement is a Hindu religion. Devotees shave their heads and wear robes and saris. They pray throughout the day and don't eat meat or consume stimulants like tea, coffee or alcohol. Some live like monks, giving up their lives outside the movement and living without any material goods. Often living in temples, they survive on donations and the sale of holy books. The international version of the Harry Krishna movement was founded in New York in 1966, and in 1972 a group arrived to set up a temple in Dublin. They were soon arrested, though, for disturbing the peace by singing and dancing on Dublin's Grafton Street. When addressing them, the judge commented that no decent Irishman would rest like they did. This is from an RTE TV archive report about the Harry Krishna temple in Sutton, County Dublin. They get up every morning at four o'clock and for five hours they chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hari Rama, Hare Krishna. By repeating his name all the time, they believe that they will eventually achieve Krishna consciousness. When they achieve this, they no longer need the material things of this world and can devote themselves to Krishna. That was 1973. But even 20 years later, the practices of the Hare Krishnas were still quite alien.
2: Spices that you'd never heard of and different dishes you'd never heard of. Yeah. Especially
1: not
3: in Dublin then.
1: Vegetarian cooking, for example, was still pretty unusual.
3: You know, you're used to your mum making your boiled carrots and broccoli or cabbage and yeah. all of a sudden you've got like a taste that just explode in your mouth. Yeah. The
1: girls were
3: intrigued. The chanting, the dancing, you kind of got into a trance or something nearly when you were chanting. The guys, and it was quite admirable that they were all very good looking in their early 20s and they'd Mm. given up everything to do this.
1: And not just the clothes and the food and the music. They liked the teachings of the Hare Krishnas as well. They had already learned the Christian notions of hell and damnation.
2: The Catholic religion, it was you go to heaven or you go to hell. And hell, you're just damned forever. And if you go to hell, you never get back and that's it. Whereas the Harrys their god wasn't so evil and okay they have a hell but at least he can get back you know it's like you're not damned forever if you do something bad so i remember thinking yeah that's cool i can roll with this and a reincarnation as well yeah not when you're dead you're dead you can keep going yeah and you might see people you
1: love then too this wasn't the girls first interest in religion they'd already attended youth masses and centers run by the local catholic and presbyterian churches but not necessarily for spiritual reasons
2: Every church or every youth mass or anything that we went to, we either fancied the priest or some of the guys that were there.
1: And although the Hare Krishna men were good-looking, Bada and Helen were not the ideal candidates for a strict, no-alcohol, no-material-goods type religion like the Hare Krishnas. They liked to hang out and drink with their gang in Lucan. And they'd been caught shoplifting.
2: It was never... Like things like alcohol or cigarettes. It was like fun sized bars of chocolate or pens for school
3: or stuff like that. And we were quite professional after a few months. Yeah. But eventually we got caught.
1: The girls' mothers dealt with the shoplifting in slightly different ways. Helen's mother, Marie, brought her down to the Garda station.
4: And we got the girl to frighten her. She said, we we'll would go lock her in the cells. And I waited. And she said, it smelled it. You're mm, And it was filthy. And
1: she was never going there again. My mum Sharon took a different approach with my sister. Radha still remember being marched all around the local shops.
2: And made me admit to the managers, even shops that I obviously hadn't been caught in, like Super Quinn and everywhere, and say what I had robbed, even if it was only like two fun-sized bars. And
3: made me admit it to every single manager in the local area as my penance. I remember going home, my mum and dad bringing me into their bedroom and giving me a hug and telling me if I ever want anything that bad. They'll give me the money. And we did, we learned our lesson in friends. Yeah, it it definitely did it. scare us. Never done you it know, again. It was good in that way that we
2: did get caught young because we definitely learned.
3: Yeah.
1: Despite the Harry Christian lifestyle being so different to what they were used to, and the fact that they were only 15, Radha and Helen took to it with gusto
3: we started going into the temple practically every day. Every evening there was class so there'd be a bit of singing and then talk about the philosophy and then more singing and then food. You just could never get
2: enough ever and you'd always be talking about the class and singing or at the end of classes you'd be trying to hang around or wash up, help, do anything around the temple just so you could stay longer.
3: Yeah, it was like a drug. They just yeah, wanted more and more and more. It definitely was. Except for was. there was no drugs in it. No. I, I don't know, we were disappointed briefly. Yeah, so then we thought they put it in their food. Mm. They had to put the drugs in the food. Mm. But then, like, after a few days of eating the food and we weren't stoned, we figured out <laughs> they didn't actually take drugs at all.
1: The girls were still straddling two different worlds. The temple in Dublin city centre hanging around and partying with their friends in Lucan. Sometimes those worlds clashed
2: i went in drunk a couple of times oh so sure, one time yeah. I was able to hide it but in true Helen fashion she didn't and one so of funny. the guys Gary did a class and at the start of the class he starts singing a Hare Krishna song so he started singing and Helen decided to get up and dance right in front of him and giving it loads and telling everyone else to get up and dance and this is like a really quiet room and Gary was saying sit down, sit down and she wouldn't and then um, so they put us
3: out well, I think they put us out after I tell them I love them. <laughs> oh, I love you.
1: No,
2: I don't. I hate you. No, I love you.
1: In those early days, the girls didn't confine their newfound devotion just to the temple. They brought it back out to Lucan too.
2: We'd actually go out wearing sheets like because we didn't have the saris. And we'd get a bed sheet and wrap it around us and do that in
3: our local areas. Yeah, I had an altar in my bedroom and I was sharing my bedroom at this time with my two sisters. And I had an altar on top of a locker where I had little deities, like statues of Krishna. And I used to wash them every day and dress them. And my sisters would see this, so I'm sure they thought I was crackers. <laughs> they wake up and you're standing over them.
5: I thought they were cool because I was never cool.
1: <laughs> this is one of those younger sisters, Claire. She's five years younger than Helen. She was 10 at the time.
5: So like what were your earliest memories? Can you remember them wearing clothes or? They didn't do all that at the start. It it was just them going in to the temple, sometimes hiding the fact that they were going there. So there wasn't the culture shock straight away. There wasn't the wearing the jewellery and the clothes and chanting and all straight away. But then slowly you'd start to, you know, you'd see Helen lying in bed with her beads and chanting and it'd be like, what are you doing? (laughs) I just thought it was all a bit weird.
1: Although I didn't know Claire at the time, I shared her feelings about the girl's strange new interest and the changes that I'd noticed, which were happening pretty quickly. Within weeks, the girls had become vegetarian, and then they had their noses pierced.
3: But we didn't know why they got their noses pierced, but the reason why is because women are very lusty, is it? Yeah. And it controls your sexual desires.
2: Chastity, I think, or something, Something yeah. like that.
1: Of course, Helen and Radha's parents were watching this sudden change with interest. Helen's father, Johnny, is now dead, but her mother, Marie, remembers how they both reacted to Helen's interest in the Hare Krishnas. It was actually
4: quite a good thing, she was very happy in it. So we said, right, well, get on with Want to be in it, be in it. We so were happy there, so we left her at it,
1: yeah. Radha and I didn't have a father in our lives. We grew up with just our mother, Sharon. At the beginning, she wasn't too concerned about Radha getting into the Harry Christian lifestyle.
6: Because I think in the beginning I didn't take it seriously at all. And then it began to dawn on me that the girls were a bit more serious than I thought they were to start with. And I just couldn't believe it because... Honestly, the Harrys were a joke (laughs) and I couldn't believe that a child of mine would actually want to be involved.
1: Why are they a joke?
6: Well, you know, they were harmless and they were sweet and they were dancing in the streets and banging their drums and the music was always nice. But honestly, it, it was not something as a young teenager that you would imagine that a teenager would want to get involved with. Certainly I
1: wouldn't have. But in the early 1990s, there were reasons for the parents to be watchful of Radha and Helen's interest in the Hare Krishnas.
4: I had a daughter 13 years old.
1: This is Mary Murphy, being interviewed by Marion Finucane just a few years beforehand
4: and uh, she was taking ballet lessons on Saturday. And uh, one morning I received a phone call from the ballet company asking me why Susan wasn't attending her uh, ballet classes. And uh, when Susan came home, I confronted her and she admitted that she had been going to this temple.
1: The temple Mary refers to was a Hare Krishna temple in Boston, near Mary's home. Her daughter, Susan, then left home altogether. And although Mary had been told that her 13-year-old was living with the Hare Krishnas, they denied it.
2: They consistently said that she wasn't there.
4: That's right. And they that they denied had... it, And they denied it to the police yesterday night that they ever heard or knew of her or had ever seen her.
1: It transpired that Susan was there and that although she was still a child, she had been married to another devotee. When she eventually left the Hare Krishnas, Susan and Mary took a case against them for emotional distress and mistreatment. The case ultimately failed, but the Hare Krishna movement settled with the Murphys. Like, were you worried that she was getting involved? Or? I
6: was, yeah, I was. I was worried. I, 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 it was just disbelief and also there was this thing, you know, that it, it certainly looked like
2: a cult. She definitely thought I was brainwashed. She came to the temple a few times to get me out. And she definitely was not impressed. And she's like, that's enough now. Come on. And I wouldn't go. I just think she just left.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Helen, did your mum ever go to the temple?
3: Yeah, my mum and dad were great, actually. They loved it. <laughs> no, but at the start, they were a bit worried about me because they thought they were only after money, which two teenagers had absolutely <laughs> no <nobody, so. laughs> nothing at but all but then they were really good and they yeah. came to the temple they came to a festival
4: we didn't dance they were all dancing we didn't dance we were sitting on chairs which yeah it was good it was good fun yeah, yeah.
1: and what did you think when you saw Helen and Radha dancing and singing?
4: I was glad. I was seeing her I was seeing dancing and singing. I was sitting on the street through So, yeah, yeah, I was very happy, yeah.
1: And what was your first impression then when you went into the temple?
5: So, they paid obeisances, which is lying flat on the ground in front of what I saw was statues.
1: Helen's younger sister, Claire.
5: And again, I thought it was nonsense. I thought, like, it's dolls on an altar. Why are you. Lying flat on your stomach, worshipping these things. I thought it was crazy, but it was fun too, because all the dancing and the food.
1: I can remember visiting the temple once with the girls and a few of our friends. Rad and Helen were in their element, singing and dancing, giving it loads. But the rest of us thought it was bonkers, not to mention amusing. We stood at the back, clapping along uncomfortably, occasionally breaking out into laughter. But the girls didn't care. And it was clear even at this early stage that they thought the joke was on us, not them.
6: I went along to a couple of the festivals and I would always enjoy them. I mean, the music was always great and they always seemed to be pretty harmless.
1: My mother, though, thought she detected an attitude to women that she did not like.
6: But it is very misogynistic. It is very much run by the guys for the guys. And all the singing and the chanting and the bright colours and the nice food really couldn't disguise that at the end of the day. It was all about the guys. And the girls would be at the back of the stage at any show. Lights wouldn't be on them. They'd be just stood there doing their little chant and the guys would be out the front of the stage, fully spotlit, banging and chanting and, you know, taking the the lead role.
1: Although the Hare Krishnas were in many ways very different to the seemingly boring religion that Helen Andrada had grown up with in Ireland, The movement's attitude to women, and sex, seemed to match that of traditional Christianity. No sex before marriage, sex only for procreation, separation of the sexes. The so-called modesty of women seemed to be a constant feature.
3: You're not allowed to wear your hair down. You're not even allowed to brush your hair in front of men. Uh, You're supposed to stand a different side to men. Because in the Hare Krishnas, some men choose to get married, but
2: some don't and they live as monks. So the whole idea is that we wouldn't do anything to jeopardize that and that we were almost like the evil, <laughs> the sirens. So you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't wear your hair down in front of them. You wouldn't wear low cut tops. You'd
3: cover up. Yeah, that's not how we acted. No, I had a problem with feeling men's bums at the time <laughs> and all the celibate monks got their bum felt. And I would wear belly tops and make sure to show them. If a man was telling this story. <laughs> oh, that's outrageous. I was a 15-year-old hormonal teenager.
1: And like that kind of carry on then, how did it go down within the temple?
3: Where no one really it? ever said anything because I'm sure if you got your ass felt in your a celibate monk, you're not really going to go and tell the other celibate monks, hey, this girl just touched my ass. <laughs> yeah. But it did stop once we got more serious yeah. into it. The actual philosophy and the movement, all that carry on, it did stop. Well, that's it. And we did do standing the opposite side and not interacting with them, not touching off them.
2: Yeah.
1: After a short time with the Hare Krishnas, Radha and Helen were given their first saris, the kinds of dresses worn by women on the Indian subcontinent. They can still remember how they felt
3: the first time they put them on. You feel like you're proper. Yeah. Like you're part of it now. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. You're so proud.
2: <laughs> yeah. You don't have a clue. It's just draped over you, but yeah, you feel deadly. Yeah. You're not just a pretendie anymore. Yeah. You're the real deal.
1: Radha loved wearing the sari, but her mum, Sharon, wasn't as impressed. She thought the girls looked nothing like the girls in India.
2: The Indian
6: girls always managed to look really beautiful in it, and this pair managed to look like complete clowns. They'd put the head thing over their head and then tuck it behind their. <laughs> I mean, I never saw, ever saw a big
3: worn like that, ever. Sari yeah. and runner boots. Yeah, and T-shirts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they used to call us the deadly saris <laughs> because we had Dublin accents and we were real dubs. And We come in, you yeah, have the big runner boots yeah, and, and the saris. saris. <laughs> yeah, so they'd call us. We were known for a long time as the deadly saris.
1: The girls might have been deadly in the temple, but when they came home, they were a pain. They refused to eat from any of our plates and saucepans because in the past, they had been used to serve and cook meat.
2: They were like sinners, though. I remember they if you weren't. did go home from the temple and they'd be eating meat at oh, the they table. they were like an
3: animal ripping Yeah, an animal th- you'd actually
2: see disgusting. that, that they were like animals there. And you, I wouldn't sit at the table. I wouldn't use cutlery or plates that meat had been on.
4: She might say, that, that's a cow. just sacred. They say, not in Ireland. So not sacred in Ireland. The only sacred in India. So I said, I'm having meat beef, but I wasn't going to be preached about it. We would sit and have our meat and we'd sit and we drink our tea or our coffee and whatever.
1: And then they would take over the kitchen to make their vegetarian meals.
6: There was coming in from work one evening and going into the kitchen and immediately retching because the pair of them had discovered how to make paneer. I think it was paneer. But what it involved was putting what looked like catsick. Onto a tea towel to drain on the sink Now I believe it was milk cards, But it didn't look like milk cards, And it certainly didn't smell like it It was absolutely
2: disgusting We learned how to do it later yeah. <laughs> Like I remember for festivals We'd be put in the kitchen too And you literally would be making Hundreds of samosas Because I remember early days Being kicked out of the kitchen For not being able to roll There's a certain way that you roll samosas Quite fancy And I remember being kicked out Because I wasn't able to do it And then in later years I used to be the one called to do yeah. it
1: in the Hare Krishna temple, if you were a good cook, you were well regarded. But if you're a good bookseller, you got serious respect.
2: They were treated like God. Yeah, like, I think people bowed down to every them Every day
3: their scores would be called out. So, mm. like, if you sold 100 books, everyone would be cheering for yeah, you and clapping.
1: Yeah. And were they charging money for the books?
3: A you donation. You could give a donation. Yeah.
1: And that's it. So the money then would all get handed over to the temple.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love Yeah. It. Definitely.
1: So there was a league table essentially of sellers bringing in money too to the temple.
2: Yeah. Well even within Ireland they used to sell paintings and the the High Christians have their own island up north on Loch Erne in County Fermanagh and they used to sell paintings to finance the island and the upkeep and stuff and they were pulling in a lot of money too and married couples they used to hand over all the money too and then the temple president at the time would give them back an allowance. So, yeah, but they used to make big money then. Like We're talking 10 grand a week, maybe. So, yeah, big money.
1: That island temple that the girls referred to was where a lot of the Dublin devotees were headed for that first Christmas in 1993. The girls really wanted to go and stay over, but because they were only 15, they needed permission from their parents.
3: So we both forged letters from our parents and we snuck an overnight bag out of our house and we got the bus up to Fermanagh. And went to Hare Krishna Island.
1: Nowadays we have festivals like Electric Picnic and Body and Soul that have alternative food and music, chill-out zones and yoga. But that was unheard of back in 1993. Certainly to two teenagers from Lucan. So you can imagine the impact that going to the Hare Krishna Island would have had on them.
2: It's one of the islands on Upper Loch Earn and it's just (laughs) surrounded by trees and the only way over to it is, it was a rowboat at the time. There's a walkway all around it. And the only building is the actual island. It's a really old house, a kind of stately home, isn't it? Yeah, and
3: a really grand, wide staircase. Yeah.
2: There's Hare Krishnas everywhere and there's probably music in the background. There's peacocks walking around and deer on the island. And it's just absolutely magical.
3: It was beautiful. It was the most amazing experience yeah. ever. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, so full, everyone yeah. was so happy. The yeah. food was gorgeous. We were singing for hours and hours and hours yeah. and everyone was, like, jumping around absolutely mad.
1: When the girls got back from the island, their passion for the Hare Krishna movement was even more intense. They were still in school, though, just about.
3: We were quite bright, but we didn't apply ourselves very well. We were in the top class in school and we both done well in the junior cert but we used to skip school and just hang out with friends or go drinking.
2: Caused trouble when we were in school. You'd spend a lot of the time waiting outside the office to see the principal.
6: I was worried in that to me it it looked like they were going to throw away their opportunities for an education and and that's actually what did happen.
1: In the mid-1990s Rad and Helen both dropped out of school during fifth year.
4: Against all our wishes, against the principals, the teachers, everyone. Helen's
1: mother, Marie.
4: I offered her 200 I think it was pounds at the time, at the end of the year if she finished school for clothes and shoes and stuff like that for herself. And I thought that would keep her in school, but no, she didn't.
3: And how
1: did you and Johnny feel when she
3: left school?
4: We were disappointed because she had the brains to go. She was very brainy.
3: Hari Krishna, Hari. Krishna, Krishna, Krishna,
1: Hari, Hari Hari, Rama, Hari. Radha and Helen now spent more time than ever Hare, Hare, in the temple.
2: Hari Rama, Hari Rama Rama, 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 Rama,
1: Hari Hari. You say that over and over again.
2: Well, 108 yeah. times. Multiplied by 16. Yeah, 108 times is one round. And then you do that sixteen times per day.
1: So when you when you were doing this, what were you thinking in your head?
3: Well, you're trying to think about Krishna, but everything kind of pops into mm. your head and you're trying to control your mind only to think of Krishna so then a the time when you're dying you're thinking of Krishna and then you go back to Krishna but you could think about I have to sweep the floor I have to cook
2: I have Don't to- fall asleep Don't <laughs> sometimes fall asleep. it'll be very early in the morning and just keep practicing it because it's really really hard so it's just about keeping your mind clear even just for that moment
1: And did you enjoy doing it?
3: Yeah I loved doing
2: it And as a meditation, it was quite effective too, wasn't it? Yeah, you'd be pretty chilled. Yeah.
1: They may have been pretty chilled, but their families found them hard going.
2: Oh, they were very holier than
6: thou.
1: Radha's and my mother, Sharon.
6: They were the only ones who understand how to keep yourself pure, which was a laugh where that pair was concerned. Because up until then, there had been no attempts to keep themselves pure. They became, I suppose, the recently
5: converted. I always found it interesting how many crazy people I met along the way that Helen associated with.
1: Helen's younger sister, Claire.
5: There was a girl who Helen brought to my house and who walked up and down the hall incessantly chanting Harry Krishna, Harry Krishna, rocking back and forth for hours at a time. It attracted a special kind of person and I met a lot of them over the years and it did make me wonder what had gone wrong with Helen that they were attracted to this thing. Did you
1: ever try and convince them to Leave it then.
5: Yeah, all the time. I had a deep interest in religion when I was a teenager, not getting involved, but finding out more about all of them. There's a, a day at the zoo the hell will never let me forget because we had a massive row about evolution when I said that orangutans were so like humans and the whole day was ruined <laughs> because, of course, evolution didn't exist to them. It was all reincarnation. Yeah, there was a lot of times I fought with the two of them over it, but again, I was a smartass and they were so dedicated to their religion that... It didn't work all the time. They blindly worshipped. If you saw these two when their spiritual masters were around, these spiritual masters would rock into the room and they'd get down on their hands and knees and start worshipping. It was, to me, they were just men in dresses.
1: But to Helen and Radha, these men in dresses were devotees who provided guidance in a new lifestyle that was very fulfilling for them. And when they both turned 18 in 1996, they took what for them was the next logical step but for their families was a momentous decision. The two young women decided to become Hare Krishna nuns. They moved up to live on the island in Fermanagh and followed the rigorous daily schedule.
2: You wake up at about half three and the first programme starts at half four and that's greeting of the deities or their gods, the statues. So you'd be up and showered and downstairs dressed and there'd be some singing. And then there's, they worship the Tulsi plant. And then there's your two hours personal meditation. Yeah. And then at around seven o'clock, wasn't it? There's yeah. Guru Puja. That's
3: for the spiritual master.
2: Yeah, that's the next program. And then there's a class about their philosophy. So that'll go on till about nine, was it? Nine yeah, and nine. then you get
3: breakfast. And, and then you'd be you starving. Get, yeah, really starving. So yeah. hours. yeah. And then you'd get allocated your chores for the day. It yeah. could be anything from washing windows to mowing the lawn or picking moss out of the... Dressing pad, making garlands. Yeah, anything. Yeah. Putting up wallpaper when you yeah. have no a clue how to do it. Yeah, <laughs> painting. Really could be any job. <laughs> yeah. There'd be no TV, no, no. radio. No. The only music you'd listen to is Hare Krishna music. Yeah, And you may watch like... Some Hare Krishna DVDs there. So. And
2: read their books. Only so oh, no no their news books. So you'd have no idea of news.
1: This isolation sometimes got to them and on occasion prompted a return of the old Helen and Radha, the ones I knew before they joined the Hare Krishnas.
3: So some days we just take the rowboat and we would row around and we found a few row couple of miles up the lake and get out of the boat you find a garage and we used to go by seven up and crisps (laughs) and and chocolate because you weren't allowed to eat that stuff and we gorge on it and then
2: come back but then we'd have missed our classes or they'd be out searching for us and our teachers would be standing on the quay waiting for us and we'd be rowing back so we even went on the hop from their classes
1: (laughs) but they stuck with the monastic life on the island and soon lost touch with anyone outside the Hare Krishna movement
3: We abandoned everyone. Yeah, we just left them. Just one (laughs) day up and moved (laughs) to the temple. And family. I love family. Yeah.
5: And they were so deeply into it that it scared me sometimes because I knew that they were being swayed to distance themselves from us. It certainly looked like a cult.
1: Our mother, Sharon, found this particularly difficult to accept.
6: Things like when they went to the island, made to get up early. All of
3: that was like a cult. Like I was always kind of close with my family Mm. but there was a few years where I literally had nothing to talk to them Mm. about and when you did go home you just want to talk about what's happening in the Mm. temple and Mm. about Krishna but Mm. you'd never be interested in what's happening to anybody outside of that
1: The girls left the island after six months soon after Radha formally devoted her life to Krishna and changed her name from Beryl the name she was christened with to Radha Govinda Govinda, meaning cowherd, is a name commonly addressed to Krishna, whilst Radha was Krishna's most cherished consort. For the next couple of years, they lived and worked in the Hare Krishna community around Ireland, visiting temples, preaching and selling books. They also both occasionally worked in Govinda's, the Hare Krishna restaurant in Dublin. They were saving for the next stage of their Hare Krishna life this was a visit to India. In February 2000, Radha and Helen travelled to the holy city of Rindavan in Uttar Pradesh, where the central god of the Hare Krishna movement, the flute playing Lord Krishna, is supposed to have spent his childhood.
3: It was really colourful, but it was really different. And Mm. I was so homesick for the first two weeks. I I think if I wasn't crying, I wanted to cry. And I was terrified of cows walking down the road and bulls walking down the road and monkeys everywhere because the monkeys were vicious.
2: Yeah, they're jumping in. They're definitely they jump. were
3: really, really scary and they were quite big. And then you'd had boars and then open sewers. After
1: the initial culture shock, though, the two women really began to enjoy India.
3: People are colourfully dressed. Spices, the smell of cooking. In, in the, the markets. Market, things, yeah like the shops are mad it's just like a complete open it's like a a room with a complete open and you go in you sit down they bring you different clothes to try on anything you want Mm. they'll bring you
1: back home in ireland her mother sharon had her own thoughts on the india trip
3: yeah i was never really keen on the going to india
6: business because it never seemed to me to be particularly safe although she
3: told me it was I'm not sure how, but I was very clumsy and I ended up falling into the sewer. Beautiful silk Sarah. And I fell into, and she sewer. fell into the open sewer. <laughs> and I and someone it took stinks. me someone took me to their house to, to wash, wash my feet. Off. And then someone arrived with my stinking dirty sandal that had was after it being out in the sewer. Of the sewer. Yeah. <laughs> and I fell your... into the sewer a few times though. Oh God. <laughs> I Don't know how
4: you can miss it really, but I did. <laughs> oh.
1: Helen's mother, Marie, wasn't overly delighted she had gone to India.
4: Very nervous, in case something happened to her. It's a, it's a foreign country and it's, it's two you know, young girls. But she was in a temple, so she was all right. She was in a temple with all these women, so she was fine.
1: When they first moved to India, Helen and Rada were single. As time went by, they became uneasy about this.
3: In the Hare Krishnas, so you're not supposed to have a boyfriend unless your intention is to marry them. And it, some of the younger girls than us we're getting married and getting engaged. As in 16-year-olds? So we are. were putting pressure even on ourselves because we were thinking, oh my God, we're getting so old, no one's ever going to want us. And we just turned 22.
1: In the Hare Krishna community in Vrindavan, there were strict conventions relating to courting.
3: In the Hare Krishnas, if you want a boyfriend, mostly it's like one of his friends will approach one of your friends and say, this guy's interested in you or vice versa. And one of my friends came to me and said she was talking to one of his friends and that he was interested in me. So I didn't know who he was. So uh, coming back from having dinner one day, my friend said, that's him. And this guy was passing by. He was an Indian guy and he was the most beautiful looking man I'd ever seen in my life like I thought he should be a Calvin Klein model or something like I thought he was that beautiful I was like oh my god I can't believe he's interested in me so then she went back to his friend and told him yeah I'm interested in him too and she set up a day for us
1: and so what kind of stuff would you talk about that
3: we talk about Krishna and the different holy places and about what it was like back in Ireland and the devotee scene in Ireland. Yeah. Now, your whole life is Krishna, and it has been for years.
2: So there's nothing going on externally. When I say it's, it's more than a religion, it's a lifestyle because you stop watching TV, you stop watching movies, you don't listen to radio. She's so you're not aware of current affairs or news or anything. So literally all you do speak about is Krishna or what temple you visited that day or things related
1: and then, it's when okay. you like, were you happy? Like, I mean, just up to the marriage, then you were like, yeah, this guy's amazing. And
3: no, uh, I thought he was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. But on the first day, like, if I had had sense, I would have known alarm bells would have gone off because I had my hair in little plaits, right? I had spent like all day one day putting my hair into little plaits and it looked really cool. And our first day, he told me to take the plaits out. Because it wasn't the proper hairstyle for a Harry Krishna girl, and he'd be judged on my hairstyle. And I think our second day, I had my eyebrow pierced at the time, and he told me to take that out. I just thought, "Me, he did not like it. I'll just take it out. I take it off."
1: And then, <laughs> who proposed to her then?
3: Nobody. I don't know how I got married. I, he never asked me to marry him, and I never asked him to marry me.
1: As with Helen, my sister Rada had a man pointed out to her and was told he was interested in her.
3: I oh thought my God,
2: he's stunningly good looking. I can't believe my look. So I let it be known that I was interested. So again, we met up a couple of times, always with people. And um yeah, within two weeks we were married.
1: What were your early impressions? Of?
2: Again, I I my yeah. early impressions were I don't know if I thought I think I thought after a couple of meetings, not very good, but it had been known that we were talking and stuff, so you would get a bad name just for that anyway. So it was just, oh, we'll just get married.
1: How were you feeling about getting married?
2: I well, you see, it just happened so quickly. It was just almost, oh, I suppose we have to get married now because we're not going to stay in India right now because we have to go back and work and you guys are going to come with us. So we just have to get married. So we just got on to a local advocate and um, he arranged the registry office through the courts that we have our legal marriage. And that morning we woke up and we just put on normal clothes. We just jumped in a rickshaw, went to the courts, signed the papers. There was no, do you take so-and-so? It's just, you sign here, he signs here. And then Helen and her to-be husband were our witnesses and we were their witnesses. And then we were married within 10 minutes. And it's only when people start to say, oh, is that your husband? And you're like, oh, wow, that, I'm actually married. I'm someone's wife. It's like, oh... This could be serious, you know, but it takes quite a long time for that to settle. Also, in India, everything is like a dream. It's a dream world. So it's only when you come back to Ireland at some stage and then you start to do all the legal stuff and with emigration and stuff, then you understand, oh, this is more serious. You know, we took it very, very lightly.
1: And were either of you in love with the?
3: No. I was infatuated with him. I thought he was beautiful and he was a Hare Krishna and he was from India and I thought, you know... Yeah, I, I thought at the time I was in love. Looking back, I, don't, I wasn't.
1: Radha and Helen lived for a number of months in India as married women. And then, at the end of 2000, they came back to Ireland, bringing their new husbands
3: with them. I'd started getting a bit homesick again. And, you know, we wanted to start our future, which involved coming back to the West and saving money so we could go back over. Because we weren't earning any money over there. We were living like paupers. Mm. So.
1: Helen's parents were there to meet her at the airport.
4: We walked past him, literally walked past him. I didn't recognise her because she was in the, the sari. You know, looked beautiful on her. And he was dressed in the Indian robe things that he wear, And um, yeah, he was looked very nice anyway. He was very handsome.
3: And I remember just running to them and starting crying and just hugging them. And then I was dying for just a potato dinner, like potato Normal beans dinners. and Linda McCartney yeah, yeah. sausages. Yeah. And I had it. And then after about an hour or two, I was ready to go back to India. It was just... boring. Everything just seemed grey. The roads,
2: the skies, the buildings, the people. Just everything.
1: At this point, Rad and Helen were both 22. And neither of them had told their families that the two young men with them at the airport were their husbands.
5: Well, interestingly, I found out Radha Govinda was married before I found out Helen was married.
1: Claire, Helen's sister...
5: And I had an absolute rant about Radhigavinda being married and how stupid she was (laughs) to Helen. And it was only after that I found out they were actually married. And I thought she was stupid (laughs) because she went to India and she came back with a husband. You know, most people come back with a T-shirt or something.
1: Helen and her husband were living in her parents' house in Lucan.
4: She was uh, in her room with her two sisters, her usual room with two sisters. Here's her mother, Marie. he was uh, in a room by himself because I didn't know they were married. And I wasn't having any items sleeping together in my house unless you were married.
1: And how did you feel when she finally told you that she was married?
4: Shocked, disbelief. The first thing I said was, We weren't even at your wedding. I said, we, Oh, well, that's the one thing you said people, My parents like, want you to be at their children's weddings. We didn't get to be at your wedding. I said. And she apologised. I said, oh my God, I'm not keeping you and your husband apart for three weeks. So I said, I moved him into a room together then, I said.
6: No, I never suspected that they were married.
1: This is our mum, Sharon.
6: I thought they were just boyfriend and girlfriend.
1: And how did you feel then when you found out then that she was married for like well over a year by the time she told you?
6: Yeah, I was pretty, pretty upset that she had made such a big mistake. What was obviously a big, big mistake. And that would take quite a bit of getting out of.
1: Over the next couple of years, Helen and Radha's life stayed in close parallel. Separated only by a couple of months, they each gave birth to daughters at the end of 2001. Shortly after, each of their marriages finally broke down and the two women both asked their husbands to leave. Then, as single mothers, they each had less time for the spiritual life and both drifted away from the Hare Krishnas.
2: To this day, some devotees still message and they still try to ask me up to festivals and stuff, which is really nice because, you know, they don't want to see people out there because they believe it's bad and their souls are almost lost and stuff. So they're doing their duty. They are doing it out of kindness. So they still do invite you to things, but I just don't answer them.
1: <laughs> do you wish she had never discovered Hare Krishnas then, in hindsight?
6: I do. I think she lost her opportunity for an education. She was very bright. Helen was very bright. Who knows what they could have done with their lives. Both had great ability. And unfortunately, they chose to become bit players in a, a male-oriented cult.
1: Anything else you'd like to add? <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you'd like to get in there? <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, I think that covers it, honestly.
1: Like, looking back, I mean, do you, it's not a case of you wish she had never met them or you, you... Oh,
4: no, 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 no. I think it probably helped her calm down. She was kind of what got in with a bad crowd, I'd say. Bad crowd, you know, when she got older, so yeah. No, I, I think it saved her, really.
5: But I think they also missed out on a lot of aspects of life that happened in your early 20s. College, um, first jobs, proper jobs, maybe working in an office, maybe going out with the girls on a Saturday night, dating, meeting different men, going for a drink. Yeah, you're nay, don't like them, do like them. And I think, you know, they didn't get to go out to, to discos, to clubs, to, to pubs, to experience that side of life. Yes, it gave them some life experience. They got their children out of it. Wonderful. But I also think they missed out on a whole other side of life.
1: For years I couldn't understand how Rad and Helen could devote their lives to religion, particularly one that, at least from the outside, seemed so restrictive, especially for women. But it's clear now that the Hare Krishnas, as with many faiths, provided them with a sense of community and belonging. This was their tribe. And it also seemed to offer answers to some of life's bigger more mysterious questions. And obviously, this is very appealing, especially for two teenagers trying to find their place in the world. And your two daughters are what age now? 16. If they both arrived home today and said, We've just joined the Harry Christians and we really love it, what would you think?
3: They were taken to piss out of yeah, us. Yeah, because they are so <laughs> they not interested. definitely <laughs> not join <laughs> no, no, they wasn't. No more sense. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: never, ever <laughs> going
1: to happen. Radha and Helen are now both 42 and work together as carers. Neither of them have remarried and each have added one more child to their family. Although they both look back fondly on their lives as Hare Krishnas, neither of them have returned to the Hare Krishna life. Yet do
2: you think you'd ever go back into it 100% I will definitely go back and live in India six months out of the year in Vrindavan hopefully and get deeply into it yeah when I can when my kids are growing up definitely I love it I love the I'm philosophy I'm not
3: so sure if I would want to get fully involved in it again I definitely would like to go and stay in Vrindavan for some time I guess then I would probably get back into it mm-hmm.
0: you've been listening to The Deadly Saris from the documentary on One. The narrator was Nathan Walsh and the programme was produced by Nathan and Ronan Kelly. And as I mentioned, you can look at photos from the documentary on our webpage, rte.ie forward slash doc on one. Until next time, thanks for listening.